scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Friday Night Freak Show has uh, begun as we run the gauntlet uh, here this evening. NBA, NFL, college uh, football, Major League uh, Baseball, Stanley Cup uh, Finals, UFC, NASCAR, and everything else in between. The Freak Show has begun as the Freak Show uh, begins. The Boston Celtics in the Miami Heat Series gets extended. A 121-108 victory for the Boston Celtics this evening as a Boston uh, were the ones that rallied back from a double-digit uh, deficit. And when it's all uh, said and done, uh, Jason Tatum and uh, company roll on and live to play another day. We break it down. Steve Merrill steps up and in. We run the gauntlet with SteveProSportsInfo.com, Wager Talk uh, TV in the house, and uh, Merrill's been all over uh, the NBA uh, playoffs like a fat kid on a – bag of M&Ms over the last uh, month and a half. So we're breaking it down with Merrill. Tony Finn steps up and in straight from the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada, repping as uh, we'll talk uh, basketball. Of course, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, up uh, 3-1. But the Denver Nuggets have been in this position before, and we just saw the Boston Celtics extend the series. Uh, We'll get into this basketball game, but a basketball game that I feel that the Denver Nuggets can win outright. They were in it. Uh, the other night, and uh, they really didn't get much for Nikolai uh, Jokic, and uh, they were still in this thing, all right? Uh, so uh, we're going to break it down with Steve Merrill, Tony Finn. Uh, we'll get you the uh, the updated uh, numbers as the money continues to come in, actually, on the Denver Nuggets, and it's surprising the series price. Uh, you'd, you'd think that, you know, hey, listen, you're losing to the Lakers. You're down 3-1 to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you, know, you better be getting, what, 25 Thirty to one, forty to one. What, what what are you going to be getting paid? Um, you know, you're not getting paid what you think you're going to be getting paid, which uh, tells tells me that the books think that the Denver Nuggets are still in this thing. SEC kickoff, let's do it. NFL football, let's uh, do it. We got ACC football, let's uh, do it. It's football Friday. I've already got seven college football games in a circle. Then you know we're going to end up with more before it's all uh, said and done. The Friday Night Freak Show has uh, begun. Let's do this thing West Coast style. Tony Finn, Las Vegas. Steve Merrill steps up and in. You can't do sports rage late night. Vent or rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Fortress late night. I am Gabriel Morancy. Let the free show uh, begin. Steve Merrill will step up and in in a couple of moments. Tony Finn from Las Vegas a little bit uh, later on. A lot of stuff to get to. We pick up the pieces. Uh, Boston lives to play another day. Uh, they get it done. The game goes way over uh, the number. 
And, um, you know, it looked as though Miami was in control of this basketball game and that uh, Boston was ready to tap out. Uh, but props to the Celtics. They dug down deep. Uh, they live to play uh, again. And they're laying three and a half points. Um, the spread is already out. Uh, they are once again three and a half point favorites. Uh, we got line movement, Denver and Los Angeles. And people are really buying into this Denver Nugget thing uh, because the point spread is down to five uh, right now. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are getting five. The total is uh, 214. We'll get into the series price. Let's bring in Steve Merrill right now, prosportsinfo.com, uh, Wager Talk uh, TV. Merrill in the house. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Gabe, doing well. So uh, let's rock while you're doing well. Well, you have Boston tonight. <laughs> no, I had Boston the last game. This is the first time I didn't use them in the series, of course. So not oh, a surprise course. they came from behind. Hey, I'll tell you what, though, Gabe. If you told me it was going to be 58-51 Miami at halftime, I would have loaded up on the heat. So at least I didn't have to sweat that one because it's very interesting, actually. We talked about this with Teddy and Tony, who you'll have on later on NBA Tip-Off today on Wager Talk TV. And I mentioned that the full game line was three, yet the first half line was Boston minus two and a half, almost the exact same as the full game. And Teddy said that's because, you know, teams that have the ball, their backs against the wall, for years, teams that were down 0-2 it was a very strong first-half play, etc. Um, but the game played out exact opposite of that, you know, with Boston waiting until the third and fourth quarter to turn it on. So kind of interesting how that played out. Yeah, you know, it's I, I thought Boston were done, too. I was on Miami in the game. I had the over as well, and I went 2-0 and with the props. I ended up going 3-1 and uh, in a game when it was all said and done. Uh, but... You know, when Miami were up, and they weren't up by that much, and it just felt like they were in complete control. And, it, yeah, this series is over. And I actually contemplated pulling the trigger on Miami again. I thought, you know. Yeah. I was like, man, this game's done. You know, and right, right, it was right around before the half, as you stated. I was like, this this game's done. You could just see, you know, Boston's body language isn't good. And, um, and I didn't. And it's a good thing I, I didn't because, you know, then Boston goes you know, catches fire after. I guess we should never doubt any of these teams, though, Steve, you know, that have gotten this far. You've got to give them credit, right? I mean, we live in a social media age where a bunch of, uh, you know, for lack of a better you know term, dickwads, um, you know, live in their basement and everybody sucks. Everybody's a joke. Ha-ha, this team, whatever, and that team. It's not easy to make it to the Final Four of the NBA. You make it this far, you know, as an athlete, you're going to have resilience, right? No one's going to roll over. Yeah, and the thing that I like to look at here, a couple things. First of all, Gordon, there's a lot of question marks coming into game five tonight. You know, we talked about game four, they're getting Gordon Hayward back, and that's one of the reasons I liked them the other night, even though it didn't work out. Hayward played 30 minutes tonight, had only 10 points, but no other backup played more than 10 minutes tonight for the Celtics. So they really went with the six-man lineup. And also, you look at the Heat. You know, Hero had 37 points in Game 4. His over-under went from 12.5 points to 14.5 points tonight. Now, that's only a two-point increase. But as you know, from one game to the next, to go from 12.5 to 14.5 is what, like, oh, you Steve, know, 5 8% at, increase? At FanDuel, that's, that's it was 17.5 at FanDuel. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, we yeah. did the show live at 3 Eastern today, and it was 14.5. So that's crazy. Um, by the way, he landed on 14, right between 12 and a half and 14 and a half from the two games. Um, but the big one for me, though, Gabe, was Bam Abibio. He, you know, he hurt his wrist in the last game. He was listed as probable. He played 38 minutes, but he only had 13 points. He was 5 for 11, 3 for 4 from free throw range. So, I mean, it doesn't look like the wrist hurt him, 
But minus 15 plus minus, it was the worst on the court for either team tonight. That was kind of the difference. Yeah, you know, they, they you're right. He's not he's not 100%. He's been great. And I was smart enough to stay away from his prop tonight. I've been riding his props, but I stayed away. And, you know, it's funny because I talked about the hero prop too. Yeah, it was 17 and a half before tip-off. And I brought up, I said, you know, even Anthony Davis, you saw AD hit the big shot a couple of games ago. And he didn't play well the next night, right? And that's Anthony Davis even. Like, only star players are going to go off repeatedly, Steve. You know what I mean? Only, like, a star guy is going to score, like, you know, every game like that. And Tyler here is not a, he's not, he's not a star yet. You know, he's still a young kid. So, I expected him, I expected him to not have a massive game. He ends up staying under whatever number you ended up getting it at. Yet, I'm a little frustrated I didn't pull the trigger on it. I just... I hate, I'm not a big under prop guy. I seem to lose when I bet unders more more so than when I bet overs. I took Gordon Dragic over 18 and a half points. And now, so what, Steve? We've played uh, we played five games in the series. Dragic has gone over his, uh, his point total in four of the five games. There was one game in which he struggled. Uh, there, you know, there was one game in which he struggled. But other than that, he's gone over. Um, that's he's been a nice uh, he's been a nice prop uh, player. Jason Tatum as well. It's very bumpy with him in which he'll he'll go scoreless in the first half or you know he won't shoot and then he'll go off after or he'll start off hot and he'll disappear so he sort of scores in bunches but he's been pretty consistently going over his number as well his number was 26 and a half tonight he got there barely but it got there and then it, he didn't score much after but he did get there he's been another nice prop player in this uh, in this series Steve yeah, you know the one I, I was looking at, I actually mentioned on the show today, um, you could get Tatum double-doubled like even money. Um, he got there with 10 rebounds tonight. Uh, Bios, Bam's over a, a double-double is minus 200, even minus 210 on the yes. And I said, if he's not fully healthy, take a shot at the plus 160. And guess what? He only had eight rebounds tonight. He did not get there. So that had a nice plus 160 payoff on a Bam not having a double-double. And just to it's go back to Tyler Hero. his last name, huh? Let's just be real. A-D-E, Adebayo. I mean, I always butcher it. Um, but by the way, Gabe, I, 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 I brought this up on the show. eight times this week, all right? Like, I, I'm not I know, bad I just say bam. I really I mean, sort of slow down and do it. All right, Adebayo. You know what I mean? Adebayo. Like, Adebayo. I'm okay. But like, when you talk fast exactly. and like, bam, Adebayo, like, you're a problem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, yeah, just call him bam. Everyone, everyone messes it up. Yeah, every time I see it, like I'm looking at the box score here, and it's like it doesn't look tough, and then I butcher it at a bio. But you're right. If you take a half a second pause, I love hero, though. I mean, it's got the the extra R, but it's basically hero. Yeah. Um, but keep in mind, the guy doesn't even start. He only played 29 minutes. So to put up 37 points the other night's insane. And then on top of that, you know they're going to make adjustments and not allow him to beat them again. So that's what you look for. Like you said, guys like LeBron, Anthony Davis, they're going to always get close to that 27-28 prop every game. And that's exactly what happened, by the way, last night, or Thursday night, rather. You know, they both came within a point or two, as always. You know what, Steve? And, you know, this is what makes the Miami Heat so dangerous to me and why I was thinking they were going to win earlier. And I did take them, but I'm sorry, even in-game, I was comfortable with it. Because tonight it was uh, Duncan Robinson, right? You know, I don't know. He had like 13, 14, 15, whatever the hell it was. And I'm like, man. 20. The other other night it was Hero. So 20 in the first half. So I'm like. The other night it was Hero. Now it's this kid tonight. You know, that's dangerous, right? When it's different guys that step up, that's a sign of a good team. So I was like, man, these guys now tonight it's Robinson. But he got cold. 
he you know he got cold as the game went on. Just we got to give credit to Boston. They dug down deep. It's three and a half once again, uh, Steve. They're they're playing on Sunday night. Yeah, and who, who's one guy we've yet to mention this entire time? Jimmy Butler, technically the best player on the Heat. <laughs> Isn't that something? I mean, so they're a very deep team. They're a dangerous team. By the way, they're going to be good for years to come. A uh, hero, Adebayo, Kentucky Wildcats, Rondo, yep. Anthony Davis on the Lakers, Kentucky Wildcats, Jamal Murray on the Nuggets, a Kentucky Wildcat. Is it insane? I mean, Kentucky's just put so many of these one-and-done guys, and they're in the Final Four basically here. Uh, Jason Tatum's the only Duke guy, and that's Boston, and he's really the only Duke guy who's been decent in recent years. So just kind of a side note. It doesn't have much to do with anything. I just thought that's amazing how many Kentucky Wildcats are in the mix. Well, you know what's you know what's crazy actually is so yeah more Kentucky Wildcats get to the NBA Final Four than the NCAA Final Four uh, right now, yeah, and that's that's been, a, that's been a critique of Calipari there locally that he's more concerned with just getting guys to the NBA, right? Like, and that's why all these studs go there because they're like, man, you go to you go there, you, you know, you, you'll end up uh, in the NBA uh, after. All right, let's talk about the other Kentucky Kentucky football. They're getting points. Uh, we'll hit that and uh, more SEC ready to kick off. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Sports Rage, late night, Friday night freak show. I'm Renzi. Let's uh, do this thing. We're kicking it with Steve Merrill right now. Wager Talk uh, TV in the house. Pro Sports Info. Uh, Tony Finn will join us uh, later. Boston Celtics uh, victorious uh, tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning victorious uh, tonight as they are one win away from a Stanley Cup uh, championship. They'll be the first team to win a championship in these uh, the bubbles and the hubs. Uh, I guess you know we should you know not not the the MLS is uh, back tournament notwithstanding, uh, but um, the championship uh, is on the line tomorrow night for real, real. And I was thinking earlier, I was thinking earlier, I was like, you know, Russian goalies don't win the Stanley Cup very often. And I was thinking, you know, I'm going to ask the guy, our man that joins us because I know he's such a big hockey historian. And especially, I know he, no one knows Russian uh, netminders uh, like Steve Merrill does. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, only other Russian goalie to win the Stanley Cup. And I tell you, it's kind of tricky even. Uh, I'm actually bothered by the fact there's two. There's been two Russian goalies to win a Stanley Cup. I can think of one of them. And I'm trying to. I'm going to get into this a little bit uh, later on, but how would you do? Uh, how would you do, Steve, if you were on like uh, with the Schwab? Stump the Schwab. Remember that show in the old days? Stump the Schwab, like uh, sports yeah, trivia. Are you are you good at that? If it involves like baseball cards from 1985 to 1987, I can name every player on every team more so than I can ever do now as a full time professional. And really? with hockey, 
late late 80s, early 90s, as you know, diehard Capital fans throughout the late 90s. Basically, when they lost the Stanley Cup in 98, it started to dwindle after that. But from 2000 on, I basically, you know, disowned them for the last 20 years. And that's when all the Russians came in the league. So I wouldn't be good on naming Russian goaltenders. I got one better for you, though. First of all, I did tell some people I barely follow the hockey. I haven't really watched much of it. But I told someone when the playoffs began, I said, you know, I think Tampa Bay probably wins it this year because they've been so good in recent years and always come up short. You know, it makes sense they would win it in a bubble season, basically. So it kind of looks like that's what's going to happen. But I got one before I forget. I got one for Tony Finn here. If you want to get him, you know, our – our thing about getting Teddy worked up with the zigzag theory a few weeks ago, we didn't get to use that. I've got a trigger word for Tony Finn, though, that you can use. Um, SDQL, Sports Database Query Language, you know, that like Ralph Michaels and Mark Lawrence use. Tony yeah. thinks it's a cult, okay? So I want, you to, I want you to tell Tony Finn when you have him on that Steve Merrill bought him a one-year subscription to the SDQL and just see what how excited he'll SQL? get. The SQUL? It, 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 SD, Sports Database Query yeah. language, SDQL. Okay, SD. Just, just, uh, yeah, just say, gotta, in fact, don't even, don't even mention I said anything. It, it'll be better, to, don't even mention that I said anything, Gabe. Just said, hey, I want to get your thoughts on the top of that SDQL. He'll know exactly I said something. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's just a running SD, joke we have SD, on NBA QL. tip-off. All right. All right, I'll go. Yeah, I'll it, Tony's pretty know. funny, as you know. Yeah, I'm worried. So he'll jump going off that it's a cult. And, I'll tell you one thing, it, though. It, you, he might. <laughs> yeah, he might. So you said you can. <laughs> no, you can it's uh, all in fun. I mean, it's a. T- <laughs> you said you can name uh, players from baseball thing. cards. I saw. I saw Darren Rovell. I've seen Darren Rovell, which is very impressive, actually. I saw Rovell open up a box of baseball cards. From I watched man, that. I like it. It was like a random year, dude. It was like 1981 or like you know, 1979 or something like that. And he goes, yeah. all right, I got a box of old tops here. He goes, uh, we're going to cover yep. the names. We're going to see, you know, we're going to see who I recognize. It's like, dude, man, guy knew knew every player, bro. And then sometimes it took him a second. He's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> Chris Spire Expos. Yeah, he, right? he, and he'd be like, he'd yeah. move on. Like, it was impressive. It was impressive. Listen, I know a lot about baseball. I'm pretty good with sports history. I, you know, I know almost everything, but I, I would stumble on years. Like if I was playing for money, like on a TV show, I'd be like, I don't know, 61. They'd be like, sorry, sir, 62. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, you know what I mean? Right, right. I, I'd screw the years up, but Rovell was freaking impressive in that video. Yeah, you saw that? One after another. Bam, bam. Like no name scrubs, too. <laughs> yeah. I, the one I saw, Gabe, was like 84, 85 Fleer. He opened a Fleer pack, which you'll appreciate. That's the Canadian company, I believe, right? That and Opeachy. Yeah. Remember Opeachy? They were like yeah, the knockoff on Tops up in Canada. Yeah. No, I was hey, a baseball an, car guy in the early 80s. But, um, those Opeachy hockey cards are worth a lot of money. Correct. Yeah, Opeachy was great for hockey. And um, Bowman's, of course, before uh, before Tops. But um. I'll tell you what, I only got about one out of three that he was getting, and that was my hub, like 85. So I might have overspoken. It's been a lo- It's been 35 years, Gabe. I've got a pretty good memory, and I know you do too, but it starts to all drift together after a while. And, like, I can name Super Bowl scores from the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. I knew them all. I can hardly name the last five or ten years because they all just run together, even though I do this every day for a living. It just kind of overwhelms each other. Yeah, I often think about that, Steve, in which, like, when both the importance of championships and all that, it's like, oh, the legacy of winning a championship and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. I don't even remember who won the Stanley Cup two years ago. <laughs> like, 
Like, like you said, if exactly. you offered me a thousand dollars right now, I'd be like, oh God. Like, was it all right? St. Louis won last year, but like, you know, like you said, Steve, I'd be better off. To, I could tell you the, you know, the Dodgers won the World Series in 81. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could, I could exactly. like rattle off. Over the Yankees. You know I, mean? I could tell you every one of the 80s, yeah. and I can't tell you the last 10 years. Dead straight. Cannot do it. Yeah, I know. Right now. Funny. And You're I right. handicapped every one of those. I I said that one. How about I, this, Gabe, real quick, though? When I, I was going to say, during hey, the lockdown, on. when they were replaying all the old games back in April and May, and we had nothing to watch live. I was joking with people, and it's true. Like, half of those games I watched and remember watching, and I still didn't remember who won. And I could have bet on the game and honestly not known which side I was going to win. And I remember seeing the game like 15 years ago, like some of these college football games they were replaying. Um, it was pretty fascinating. I'm pretty um, – yeah, I don't have the photogenic uh, memory, but pretty close when it comes to games and stuff like that as well. Like, I'll remember where I was, like the whole – yeah, I remember, I can pretty much even tell you how much money I've had on games. You know, big bet, medium bet, large right. bet. Oh yeah, that was crazy. This was little. Oh, that didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I I can remember like sort of everything. Sports has been a big guideline though for kind of the timeline of my life. So I'm like, oh yeah, I was living there during I that agree. Super Bowl. I was yep. I was on that station, and oh yeah, I remember that. That was the Super Bowl. I was on uh, in Vegas with that you know network, and you know I sort yep. of remember remember things uh, like that. You know, the card business, everything comes back. But, you know, these Mike Trout cards, some of these cards are worth uh, big money uh, right now. But uh, nevertheless, let's get into um, – so, I don't know. You've been liking Boston in this series. So, you think this is going to go seven games? Before we get into the Laker game, I want to get into some college football too. I've been on them in the first four games of the series, did not use them tonight. So, I would have been two and three, and so I'm just one and three. So, I don't know. It's not like I've had a great feel. I don't think Boston's necessarily the better team, but you look, they had double digit leads at each of the first four games. And then tonight, they were trailing for the most of the first half, but they ended up winning by double digits. So, they've had a double digit lead in all five games. So, it's not like they were a team that necessarily should have been down 3 1 and 3 2 now. The problem, though, Gabe, is that you're laying, like you said, three, three and a half every game still. They've been, you know, they're still behind in the series. So I think it's priced pretty much accurate. Uh, Steve Merrill with us. So, Steve, you know what amazes me is the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers are up three games to one right now. and The Denver Nuggets are only plus 1,300 to win the series. <laughs> to win the series. Like, you know, like, really? So you're telling me 13 to one odds that the Nuggets can win three straight times against the Los Angeles Lakers when the league doesn't even want the Nuggets to beat them? Well, yeah, you, you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Like, really? Like, to me, it should be 25, 35, 50 to one. Like, let's just be real. But I think they got a win in them. I think they got one more in them, Steve. I don't think they're going to come back and win the series. I don't think it's going to go seven. I think they're going to win the next game, though. I think they win the next game. And um, and then they lose in six, and people evidently agree because it's uh, it's down to five points right now. Yeah, I'm having to redo my math as we speak because when I did the show this afternoon on Friday, it was six, and the uh, true odds, the money line was minus two forty, take back plus two hundred. Now it's minus two hundred, take back like plus one seventy. So their odds gave as a six point dog, their odds of winning straight up was thirty one percent. It's now 35%. Okay, so the odds of winning three straight games at point 31% was 3% today. Now at point 35, it's it's 4%. So it's gone from three to 4%. So that means the true odds have gone from 33 to one to 25 to one. So yeah, 13 to one has no value. 
true odds are maybe 25 to 30 to 1. We'll say 30 to 1 because, as you and I both know, if it gets to a game six or seven, the Lakers will be at least a six-point favorite because everybody and their brother and sister knows the league does not want the Nuggets in the finals. And to be honest, uh, the uh, league obviously didn't want the Nuggets winning last night because the Lakers got every single call, and they still couldn't cover. It landed right on six, which was the number. Uh, There were some six-and-a-halves out there, so Denver actually got a cover in some spots. Uh, Teddy Covers, by the way, had a great stat on the NBA tip-off show. If you exclude the game one of the series so far, the Nuggets are 10-1 and against the spread when they're getting two-and-a-half points or more in the playoffs. And um, they just continue to be overpriced. So I guess that's one of the reasons maybe the line dropped to five. Yeah, and they cut these teams off, man. They, they do it. I've seen it a million times with the Toronto Raptors as well. What they'll do is they'll just call fouls early on players. So they'll put the, the player in foul trouble early. So they don't like they don't have to pull the carpet underneath anyone. There's not going to be some egregious, oh, this game is fixed play at the end. They'll just yep. sort of screw one of the teams early. They'll be like, all right, well, we'll call Millsap. We'll give him a bunch of cheap fouls and we'll Jokic, and then they're they're handcuffed, and then we'll let him play after. And you, you see this time and time again. It's frustrating. It's definitely the most annoying thing about the NBA. I mean, there's no coincidence. LeBron cries. The league, uh, the Lakers um, complain to the league about LeBron, um, you know, not getting enough fouls called. LeBron and AD shoot 28 free throws. Two players more than combined the entire Denver Nuggets. Yet AD doesn't even rebound, doesn't even go into paint anymore, yet he's shooting free throws all night. Yeah, we know what time it is. Let's be real. All right, we'll hit some football on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Friday Night Freak Show. Sports Rage Late Night. I am Renzi. Shout out to SoCal and uh, all over the West Coast, including the Pacific uh, Northwest. In the late night hours, the Mighty Year 1090, repping San Diego uh, style. Uh, Steve Merrill kicking it with us, so we'll... Uh, We'll keep it on the West Coast a little bit uh, later on. Tony Finn will step up and in and uh, join us. So, listen, we could talk basketball all night, but I want to get in some football uh, as well. So, we got college football uh, on top, SEC football on top uh, here, Steve. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to these games. Very, very interesting. A lot of these SEC teams usually play cupcakes in the Citadel or what have you in the first game of the year. So, uh, they're opening up with conference play. Uh, this year and there's been a little bit of line movement um so i'll just throw these games at you You can give me your quick takes uh on them i'm gonna start off uh here we were talking about kentucky basketball earlier kentucky football so kentucky um you know kentucky we're getting seven seven and a half i see six and a half right now at FanDuel. it's come down and you know you look at uh, kentucky Wilson is back under center right now, right? So they they had the converted wide receiver who's in the NFL right now, goes to the quarterback position. They start lighting it up. Um, and, you know, people sort of forget about this team, but it's been a couple of years, bro. This Kentucky football team has been a great just covering machine. 
a strong physical football team. You see uh, Snell right now with the Steelers out of this program. They're actually producing NFL talent now on that campus, not just NBA talent, uh, Steve. Uh, they got, I believe, four of their five offensive linemen are back. You got Wilson back. Um, I don't know. Is Auburn's offense good enough to win uh, by a touchdown here? I like the underdog in this game, Steve. Yeah, I think the main reason the line's dropping is Kentucky's got 15 guys back, including eight on offense, as you mentioned, a real veteran offensive unit. Auburn returns those four offense, five defense. So much more experience with Kentucky. You've got two coaches that have both been there now for their eighth season, so there's not a lot of change as far as the staffs go. So I think you're really handicapping the players. The question, though, becomes, you know, is Auburn that much of a better program where they just reload every year, even with new starters? Um, as you said, Gabe, Kentucky looks like they're starting to catch up a little in this conference. Um, this is a team that went eight and five last year. They were ten and three the year before, nine and three against the spread last year. So what's incredible, Gabe, when they went ten and three the year before, they went six and six against the number. Last year they go just eight and five, but they go nine and three against the number. They have a better point spread record. So it tells me that they still remain maybe a little bit undervalued. Uh, let's talk about uh, Louisville. Louisville uh, hosted Miami last week. We 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 cashed the over, but I was wrong. I thought Louisville uh, was you know could beat these guys. It was a revenge spot. Miami did the same freaking thing to them over again, uh, Steve. But, you know, Miami are a good team. We'll get to Miami in a moment with uh, them taking on FSU. Uh, but you got Louisville taking on Pitt right now. Um, you know, Pitt played uh, Syracuse, and we cashed a ticket with Syracuse last week as an underdog. I don't know. Can Pitt keep up with Louisville? You know, the Louisville on the road. All these road games aren't quite as intimidating anymore uh, under the uh, you know under these COVID circumstances right now, Steve. What's your take? Uh, I think Louisville or the play here. Uh, number came down. They were three. It's two and a half now. I think it's the right move. What, what's your take on this one? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Tony Finn and I actually did a, a video for Wager Talk. We analyzed the Louisville um, game against Western Kentucky to start the season. So I dug pretty deep into that one. And, you know, it jumped out to me that they'd played the year before, but they both returned the same lineups. And Louisville got off to a nice win there, just like they'd done the year before. But they obviously took a huge step up in class last week against Miami of Florida, a team that, by the way, had smacked them the year before, put up over 50. So I was leaning towards the over as well, Gabe, because I just wasn't sure Louisville could slow down Miami of Florida. But now they take on a Pitt team, and Pitt is now the team taking a big step up in class after easy wins against Austin P and Syracuse. Uh, there are three touchdown favorites or more in both of those games. So we'll see if maybe Louisville's step up in class and loss last week actually prepares them for a better effort this week. Uh, Pittsburgh's got more impressive numbers, but they've done it against a much, much weaker schedule this season. Let's keep it in the ACC right now. Uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech upsets uh, Florida State in week one. They were getting double-digit points. Uh, they were down 10 nothing at the half, but they come back, they win the football game. Uh, last week, yeah, they were sort of hanging around a bit. I was on UCF. I was never really sweating it out. I watched the game. Um, I think, listen, UCF's a damn good football team. Uh, but now... So you get Georgia Tech going on the road, going to um, going up there to Western New York. It's a weird scheduling spot, not easy. I mean, right, you know, you go, you're in Florida, then you're at home. Now you're going up there to New York. Syracuse's offense has been a gong show. It's been a disaster. DeVito might as well be Danny DeVito back there. Kid's been terrible. Um, you know, I, he might be done. Uh, you know, their patience is running thin. Well, that being stated, the Cuse's defense has been pretty competitive. They and they keep on covering. I mean, they got the, they've been getting covers. So um, now they're getting seven and a half. I mean, 
Should Georgia Tech really be seven and a half point road favorites? I don't think so. I'm taking the Q's plus the touchdown and, and a half a point here. Am I crazy? What do you think? Well, and you mentioned, you know, the offense is struggling. Both these teams are struggling offensively, but the, and the total is 52 and a half, you know, which is obviously a fairly low total for college football, but not for Georgia Tech averaging 18 and a half points a game. Syracuse has averaged eight points in their first two games. Um, here's the thing about Georgia Tech, though. We know they're switching systems. They did that last year. It was a train wreck early on. Even later in the season, they kind of started alternating wins and losses against the spread. They got that upset win of Florida State. I think in hindsight, we're going to look back and realize that wasn't that impressive as a 13-point dog. Florida State didn't deserve to be that big of a favorite, especially with yeah. the new coaching staff and not much preparation. Um, Georgia Tech was outclassed, as you said, last week against Central Florida. I mean, so they can obviously beat up on Syracuse here, but it does look like a hefty number. I will say this about Georgia Tech. They had five turnovers last week. They did have 227 rushing yards, 244 passing yards. So their offense actually played extremely well and very balanced. Um, so if they're starting to click, you know, maybe they could be a play on team here in the near future. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. Uh, Steve, uh, Cincinnati and uh, Army. Interesting uh, football game. Army's offense has been lighting it up. But this is a step up in class for them uh, as well right now. How do you think Cincinnati's going to match up against this Army uh, ground attack? And we talked about the total a little bit last night with Teddy about this game. At 45, um, one of our uh, listeners, Julio in Chicago, uh, brought up that he thinks the number is low. And I agree with him, actually. I, you know, I know Army, you know, they can milk the clock. But at the same point in time, they're also putting the ball in the end zone. And Cincinnati are going to score on Army. What do you make of this uh, game? What do you make of the point spread in the total here? I mean, the biggest key when you're facing these um, triple option teams is having extra prep time. And Cincinnati played Austin P last week, so they don't have any extra time, even though it's only their second game. Army, meanwhile, playing their third game. Army's actually the team with a bye week. So you can almost make an argument that the scheduling situation favors Army here coming off a bye uh, they've total, thrown a total of nine passes in both games combined this year, Gabe. Four passes and five passes in each game. Now they're a double-digit underdog, which means they're going to probably be behind in this game early on at some point and going to have to throw the ball more. So it's a totally different situation here. Um, their only hope is to keep the ball moving on the ground, shorten the game. That would obviously favor the under, but you have 45, not much value there, especially considering that these three, these two teams have scored 42-37 Army and Cincinnati 55 in their three games this season. That's what I'm saying. Like, are you really going to suddenly, like, shut Cincinnati completely down? Cincinnati's got a good offense. Yeah, it's a reason for a college football game, um, you know, which weather's not going to be a factor. You know, it's I, I've got to pull the trigger uh, on the over. Uh, Arkansas, Steve, Arkansas. Now, listen, this never this sentence never ends well when, I, when you say, I like the Arkansas Razorback football team this week, plus the points. <laughs> but let me throw it at you here. So what's the Georgia quarterback situation here? Like, you know what I mean? They lost Newman. JT Daniels got hurt. Um, now they're laying 27 and a half points in the first game of the year. The coach of Arkansas, the new coach of Arkansas comes from Georgia. He's Kirby Smart's buddy. And I'm a big fan of like, um, I'm a big fan of that angle, Steve, of the, the, the coach not running the score up on his buddy. You like that angle? And listen, Felipe Franks is the new you know, Florida quarterback uh, transfer. He's the new quarterback of Arkansas right now. Arkansas has been a disaster and a train wreck. I get it. But they do have good players. It just, it, it's just been a train wreck. And they've had horrible quarterback play. 
I can't believe how bad they become, but can Georgia, you know, I guess Georgia can name their score, but is Georgia really? I mean, Georgia lost a lot of players to the NFL. They got a lot of, you know, they got a lot of issues, the Bulldogs. Lane, 27 and a half, Steve's a lot of points. What do you think? Yeah, and it's mostly 28 now. It opened as low as 24. Uh, there's a few 27 and a halves left, but the majority of the books now have 28 across the board. So you're talking about a very key number, obviously. So I think you could say maybe now at 28 or more, 28 and a half, you know, tomorrow when they kick off mid-afternoon. I, I guess you could start making a case for Arkansas at that point. I like the not running up the score angle. And, you know, I mean, there's two ways to look at these teams having no preseason, no games yet. Maybe that favors the underdog to keep it closer. But then again, you could say the class edge, even with backups in there, probably still goes to Georgia. Maybe they can't help but win by more than four touchdowns. Yeah, that's I you know I'm, exactly. Even if they don't want to, and you know it is what it is, they win by thirty-five or so. But it's not as though that if this is a peaking Georgia team, I think they'll just be happy to get out with a win. And I look at Alabama in a similar situation, actually. All right, I look at Alabama in a similar situation here. And you're right, it, FanDuel has it up to 28 and a half, actually, Georgia, uh, right now. Some movement. And um, so is Alabama. So is Alabama. 28 and a half point favorites right now against Missouri. And Nick Saban's not a good uh, covering coach with these massive numbers like this. He, You know what I mean? Like, he's not as mean as he used to be. He used to be more mean-spirited. He's not. And he picks his spots. He's very about like the the big picture, Nick Saban now, right? You know, it's like he's trying to win a Super Bowl. Like he doesn't, he looks at the big picture. And I remember even once they they, you know, they had a game like two years ago. They were like twenty four point favorites or something. I don't know. They won by fourteen or it was sloppy by their standards. And they said after they said, Coach, you know, you don't really seem all that mad. And and uh, you know, they said, you, are you happy? And I like what he said. He goes, guys. Said it's uh, he goes college football. There's a lot of practices, so he goes every week is the biggest game of the year all the time. And uh, he goes, if I treated every week, um, he goes, if I laid into them every week every day, I'd lose these guys fast. <laughs> so people think Nick Saban's his big hard ass, but even he, Steve, you know what I mean? He's not crazy every day, every week on these guys, right? Like he lets them have a little bit of fun. They got Texas A&M coming up next. I think Missouri can hang around in this spot, Steve. Here's another one. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be nuts and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to temper my units here. I'm not going to go crazy because I'm betting against Georgia and Alabama. But I think Missouri can hang around here. And I, when I say hang around, I mean lose by 23, not 29. Yeah, I think the one thing about Alabama had this been a normal season, they were going to. I was really looking to, for them to be a play on team. You know, just come out and smash teams whenever they could. It, in fact. Uh, Saban, I believe, has never gone three years without a title since he's been in Alabama in over a decade, and this would be the third year. So I feel like they're going to definitely play with a chip on their shoulder after missing the playoffs last year. But now it's all a, it's a totally different world. So who knows if that'll apply or not? Um, Missouri had up to 12 guys that maybe weren't going to play for COVID reasons, either being affected or being around people that had it. But now I think they got five of them back. So they're a little less shorthanded, but. This is one of those games you're just hoping Missouri stays within the number. I don't see any chance they could win it. Yeah, you know, the, I think the COVID stuff was a little over. You know, that was a while ago, and there's not a ton of impact guys. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, yeah, they're missing this guy and that guy and that guy and this guy. Uh, but as you stated, they've got some guys back. I think Alabama are going to win, but not by 29. 
Yeah, maybe by 28, by 27, by 26. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap up with Steve Merrill on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Late night continues. The Friday night free show. I have a NC. We'll throw it down with Steve Merrill. Pro Sports Info in the house. Wager talk uh, kicking it uh, with us. So, Steve, we've got a couple of minutes uh, left uh, here. Want to give, uh, want to ask you, give us an NFL game uh, that you like. But before we do that, um, I wanted to ask you about uh, the LSU, LSU Mississippi State game. And, um, you know, two, two, two programs that are rebuilding. Well, let's say one's rebuilding, one's reloading. And, of course, LSU is the reloader and um, Mississippi State is the rebuilder. Yet, it's a lot of points, man, for, for a football team to be laying. We're going to see. I'm, I'm liking a lot of underdogs tomorrow in the SEC. But for a team to be laying this many points when you have as many new starters as you do on the field and you lost as much NFL talent as you did, and not just the NFL talent, but you've got kids opt out on top of that uh, as well. Now you're laying 16 and a half points. The only downside to this is Mike Leach. It's a complicated system that he runs, and it's his first game. And there's limited practice for Mississippi State as well. What's your take on that in this number? Yeah, I mean, I'm not using this game on Saturday, but we might very well look back tomorrow night and be like, boy, how did we pass up the opportunity to take the defending national champs at less than three touchdowns against a team implementing a brand new system with weaker players? You know, it's just a question of how much LSU is going to be weaker this year. Um, And are they at that level where they just reload, as you said? You know, there's five or six teams in the country, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, that just reload. You know, even when they have all new starters, there's no drop-off because they're all – NFL caliber I don't know if LSU is quite at that level because they really made a big impression last year compared to where they'd been but I think they're probably pretty close and like you said Mississippi State would have been a huge play against team for me Gabe against anybody else with Mike Leach trying to bring in a brand new system in his first year with limited practice time this summer all right that's Steve we got about uh, 20 seconds NFL what do you like this week Tough card here. Uh, I was take a look maybe at the under 46 in the Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Cincinnati Bengal game. Both offenses are struggling. Feet up O line. Steve Merrill steps up and in. Always a pleasure. Portrait's late night continues. Bring it.